the state's case is, is pretty much laid out. We've pretty much heard the, the details of it. Whether there be any defence from any of the three that are facing charges where they, in theory, could, you know, get on the stand and say they're not guilty, the individual people, that's not going to happen. I'm Nicola Talent, and you're listening to Crime World, a podcast about criminals, drugs and the sins of the underworld in Ireland and across the globe. A jailhouse confession by an inmate claiming that he was the Regency shooter and not Jerry the Monk Hutch was described as a curious development in the murder trial today by lawyers for the state who revealed they disclosed a document to the defence. Crime World understands that the document is in fact a statement made by a convicted criminal to a prison boss in which he says the wrong man is in the dock. The peculiar development is not expected to derail the Regency trial, which the court heard will wrap up within two weeks, although it will have to be investigated. Today, I'm talking with Niall Donald about the twists and the turns of the high-profile trial, about the criminal who says the monk is an innocent man, and about Jonathan Dowdall's ongoing quest for sanctuary from his enemies. This is Crime World, a podcast from sundayworld.com. So, back in court this morning, I was on time, you know, quite excited for this all to kick off again. And it was a bit of a damn squibber, so it looked, anyway, in the beginning. Yeah, I mean, nothing, obviously, there was very limited copy coming out. It looked like just one of those days that you do get when you go to court when there's these, a bit of legalese, and then it all falls apart. But... That may yeah, not so be the we, case. Well, when we went in, they said that there had been, you know, a curious development overnight as such that um, there had been some sort of a document given to, well, Brendan Grehan, senior counsel who represents Hutch, said that it concerned his client. But there was no explanation given to it. And then they sort of discussed how the trial, as we predicted, was going to last another two weeks-ish, that... Um, They've a few bits to clean up as regards, I think, CCTV, a couple of witnesses. Um, and I think possibly uh, one of the other two co-accused has something to bring in like a defence. And then they talked about the summing up statement. So that was kind of it. And then it was three witnesses were heard who went back over their role in the gathering of CCTV, three guardy. Um, so that was it. And. Off we went. But I was curious about what this curious development was and what the what the note was, you know? Yeah, it was described as uh something falling out of the sky um yeah. by 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 uh the defense barrister. So Yeah. So anyway, I found out. Um I made some some uh communication, shall we say, with some sources of mine within the um the prison system. We'll we'll say no more than that. But, um, you know, it appears that a prisoner, a convict, has made some sort of a jailhouse confession claiming that he was the gunman at the Regency and Jerry Hutch wasn't the gunman and that the wrong man is in the dock. I mean, bizarre, to say the least. Yeah, it's just, again, the, the, the Regency... Trial. Whenever you think it's 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 gonna settle into a kind of boring uh, court case, something exciting happens. Um, it's certainly like uh, 
I suppose there's a couple of things to look at it. Like when, when these trials do go on, um, you do get people sometimes, it's not unheard of across the world for people to confess to them when they're generating that amount of, of publicity. Is is that fair to say? Um, but it seems to be quite a, yeah, a man has come forward. He's in the prison system and he's from North Dublin and has a number of serious convictions. Uh, we're not going to discuss his name. Um, but he would be would not have been suggested as as the regency beforehand, and uh, yeah, he's not. He's definitely not a suspect. I I have heard the name. I just we're not going to go into it here for for the purpose of the podcast. But he's certainly never been named in regards to a suspect for the regency hotel or been anywhere near the kind of investigation. Um, so a, a, an odd one, and uh, I believe that he's made a statement to the governor of Portlaoise prison in in relation to what he claims like it's in in relation to this sort of confession yeah um but it doesn't seem to be from the impression we got in court today it looks as if it'll kind of be settled in that i don't think jerry hutch's legal team are going to make a big deal of it and i don't think the prosecution are going to make a big deal of it but they did disclose it yesterday or within the last 24 hours um, presumably because from a legal point of view, if this thing is sitting there and they didn't disclose it and, you know, if there was a conviction or anything like that, that could be used, I imagine, in an appeal if they didn't know about it. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, if somebody confesses to a, a crime like 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 murder, I mean, it will have to be investigated properly. Uh, that is just the nature of it. Like, you can't have, even if, the, if there's scepticism or something like that, it'll still have to be gone through. Um, it's it's you know from will that go back then to Ballymun? It'll have to go back to the Ballymun investigation team for them to investigate if there's any truth in it or not. Of course, and then instantly they look at alibis and you know the movements of the person who's who's made this confession, um, you know which which would something like that could instantly rule something out. But it will have to be investigated properly. I suppose it also highlights a, a part of the case against Jerry Hutch where. We're being told very clearly he's part of this this hit team, but what he is, who he is of the the, the six people involved, it's not clear that the, the state are saying he's one of the guys dressed as the ERU or the driver or that hasn't at, at least at this point, it's not been made clear. So that could also some something like this could sort of throw that into. You know, it could it could be an issue in that saying what what are we actually saying Jerry did personally do and, and physically, but obviously, um, you know, it's not this has been disclosed to the defense, but it's not something that they've leapt on as far as I could see from 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 today's proceedings or, but it does it's it just shows you when when these trials these really high profile trials, you know, you were going in this morning predicting. A day, a couple of couple of weeks of boredom till you get to the the crunch of it. Yeah, I'm still predicting that now. I do think it's gonna. I think it's gonna be a you know a long haul, even though it's only two weeks. Like I think, um, definitely the most interesting thing we're gonna hear next are those closing speeches. I don't think what'll happen in between, unless you know either, uh, Paul Murphy or Jason Bonney can pull something out of the hat and have something of interest in their defence. Um. But I don't think that, you know, they seem to be talking about before Christmas, uh, the judge 
Justice Tara Burns did ask them for a bit of a timeline. They said at that point, three weeks. But now they're saying today they said two weeks. So whatever was causing the three weeks has now been cut to, to two. So is is this a week? You know, I know we're starting halfway through and we had what Galan described as a full start this morning because we were in and out of court within 20 minutes, really, today. Yeah, but I mean, look, it is. This is a still a significant disclosure, I suppose, in a in a sense. I mean, I know that you know it doesn't it doesn't even if this guy was to be telling the truth, it wouldn't automatically mean Jerry was found not Jerry Hutch was found not guilty. But it just it just shows you that these these uh, and we've had a couple of this these kind of late last minute moments in this trial, which often don't happen at all in murder trials. I know they happen in. Uh, American TV on a on a regular basis where surprise witnesses pop up out of nowhere and but well, we had a couple we've had obviously even Jonathan Dowdle himself um you know the case was brought even before he was made known as a witness so we have had it in this and it it it's you know it is a very unusual development um for people to come forward uh, and obviously the person in, in question is in prison and is a serious criminal um so you have to maybe it does have to be treated with some degree of 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 uh, seriousness but an amazing development really yeah i mean if you were if you were watching a series it'd be series 2 episode 6 or something wouldn't it and <laughs> it, it would, would take it up would. that bit and whatever and it might seep into the preceding episodes but uh anyway that's as far as we can we can go with it i don't know whether um in the morning they will you know, discuss any of this in court. I imagine not, given that the uh, it doesn't look as if Hutch's legal team are going to make a big thing out of it. But um, nonetheless, they'll be back onto the CCTV, I think, tomorrow and any other bits to tie up. Today, just the three little pieces of evidence were um, about CCTV taken in Amian Street, one of them. Um, another one was a piece of CCTV that was taken in uh in the march of 2016 in the city and then the third bit was just the the guard who was the exhibits officer so there's a you know a guard on the investigation team is the guy who keeps a note of everywhere the cctv moves you know so do you know where the evidence is i suppose when you come to trial and who has handled it and where it's come from etc he had taken a holiday uh, during during the course of the investigation and somebody had taken over him and he had to come back into court to give the evidence. I mean, that's the level of kind of, um, you know, it's not sensational, is it? You know, he was just confirming that he had been on his holidays and that he'd handed over his, uh, you know, the exhibits officer role to somebody else. And then when he came back, he took it back. So that was it today. And um not such a full courtroom, actually. There was a bit of space there today. I'm sure anybody who came to uh, to spectate was disappointed, given that there was so little going on. But, um, you know, look, we'll we'll see where it goes for the rest of the week. Yeah, but I think and... you can see that we are in the end game, that there probably, I mean, look, we're saying there's a big shock today, but there probably isn't going to be a great deal of, of further shocks the state's case is is pretty much laid out. We've pretty much heard the, the details of it. Whether there be any defence from any of the three that are facing charges where they, in theory, could, you know, get on the stand and say they're not guilty, the individual people, that's not going to happen. Um, so there may be a very limited defence or almost none at all. Um, 
so you are approaching the end game and then it'll just be as the state puts through the tries to put through the jigsaw of of confirming these you know making the case that these people are guilty and how the defense try and pick off those pieces of the jigsaw and say that that piece doesn't fit so that's really what you're left with um but a jailhouse confession you know yeah i mean you just don't get it every day i wonder how jonathan dowdall got on over christmas yeah um yeah look i mean he's is he signed up to the witness protection program now don't know wasn't there some story going around that he was uh having difficulty getting a country to accept him i know it wasn't in our own publication but um i think actually it was mick doyle wrote it and he's a, a very good measured journalist so um you can see why that would be a problem. Like there's so many of them, there's five of them looking for reaccommodation. Yeah, I mean, obviously the way you know it better than me, but the, you know, the two countries, nobody's obliged to take a, a witness under those conditions, but different countries do deals to swap people on witness protection. For example, you know, somebody from the US could end up in Ireland and, so, and as a result, there's a channel there where an Irish person could end up in the US. Um, but they will all be assessed individually on the basis of risk. Also, is this person a serious criminal or not? You know, very, you know, people may be willing to take countries, may be willing to take a guy who's an innocent man who's spotted, you know, just happened to come across something on a murder where they might be less inclined to take somebody with very serious viol- convictions for violent crime. So it just shows you it's, um, you know. I'm kind of reckon that it's much more a statistics based thing, you know, and I think that a lot of people who go on witness protection, there's only a limited amount that would be allowed in, like the most popular destination is going to be the States and there's, you know, or Australia. And there's only a limited amount that of witness protection from Ireland, UK, Europe that the States will take, Canada the same, Australia the same. So everybody who goes on wants the same countries, you know what I mean? And they don't, they just can't all get it. Um, you know, obviously England as well, English speaking countries are probably, you know, more likely where we will send ours. And now having said that, there was some story there over the Christmas about uh, a family in Scotland that were on witness protection from Italy or somewhere like this. Yeah. Yeah. And they were, um, they'd been left like they were housed like in, in the middle of nowhere in Scotland and they they were didn't like it actually I think they wanted to be relocated and they were being told no you only get one chance did you know that they would tell you like that they, they won't help you relocate you again you only get one chance at it and you have to settle and you come back and you say I didn't like it there I want somewhere else tough banana that's the way it is you can see if you were to take the perspective of Jonathan Dowdle where why you would really want to be signed up and sorted before you go into a court and, and go through all that. But that didn't happen in this case, as we know. And uh, look, the state of the, the guards have stood up in court and said he will be looked after. And ultimately, I you know, you have to believe he will be. But um, yeah, look, you'd be fair to end up in uh, Byron Bay and... Sydney down, yeah. down in the wilds of Scotland, all right. Not that the wilds. But of I mean, I'd say it was just himself and his dad for Christmas dinner there. Like, I mean, he's not really mixing with the rest of the population. But the fuck. So the you know maybe he maybe he rested his voice. Yes. Well, look, he's in there think? in that wing, and there's a couple of ex-serving guards who are serving lengthy sentences mixed in with him. But yeah, it's 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 you know Christmas. It's not where you want to spend Christmas, all right, is it? No, Christmas dinner can often be, you know, a little bit daunting for all of us. But uh, yeah, at least you're not in Limerick prison. Exactly, exactly. 
uh, you know, sharing turkey with Mr. Dowdle. Anyway, listen, we'll um, we'll come back to us to the Hutch trial when it is interesting enough for us to to go. You know what I mean? We mightn't be tomorrow. We'll see what the evidence is like tomorrow. If it's not interesting enough, we're not going to bore the pants off people. We'll wait till we have a bit of something meaty to talk about. You know? All right. Do you agree? I agree, Nicola. Not that not that uh, you ever bore the pants off people. But also, not that you ever disagree. No, no. I, well, I, you know, not. Are you? Clear. Are you actually like kind of a bit afraid of me? Or <laughs> well, who wouldn't be, Nicola? You know, <laughs> who wouldn't be? Yeah, I'm just like all, I'm like all Northsiders, a bit a bit terrified of you landing yeah. over. All right. Bye. Bye bye bye. You've been listening to Crime World, a podcast from SundayWorld.com, produced by Ian Mullaney and edited by me, Nicola Talent. Research assistant is Clodamini. If you like this show and love true crime, leave us a review. Or why not download the free SundayWorld.com app for lots more stories from Ireland and across the globe.